Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're in the short book of 2 John and being challenged to watch our step. Now let's hear from Kurt for today's episode. Well, welcome back, everybody, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. Appreciate you joining us. We're in the book of 2 John, as you well know by now. Uh, We've entitled this series, Watch Your Step, because... uh, John warns this group of people uh, in this small epistle, hey, uh, guard yourself, look to yourselves. Uh, Paul says a very similar thing uh, to Timothy. When he says to Timothy, take heed unto thyself. Because sometimes the the person that is the biggest problem in your life is not that cantankerous person sitting across the aisle at church and not that obnoxious person down the uh, down the hallway at your workplace, or not even that that obnoxious neighbor, perhaps. No, the, the person that is the greatest problem in your life is the person you look at in the mirror. And, well, we've got to guard ourselves. We've got to look to ourselves because sometimes we get out of balance when it comes to the truth and when it comes to our love for others, and we need these healthy reminders. That's exactly what Paul's doing here in the book of Second John. We are in verse number four. So if you want to find your place there in your own copy of the Bible, 2 John, verse number 4, we've covered the introduction. John is the elder. He's writing to, I believe, a local church, uh, referred here metaphorically as the elect lady and her children. Uh, He's emphasizing the dual quality of truth and love in the life of the believer He's telling you and me that we need God's blessings on our life. We've got to have them. The grace and the mercy and the peace that only come from God through Christ. We've got to have it. And now into the body of the letter, we are finding ourselves in verse number four. So would you look there? 2 John verse four, where the Bible says, I rejoiced greatly that I found of thy children walking in truth as we received a commandment from the Father. So the very first thing in the body of the letter that John wants to communicate with uh, this church and the leader of this church, or, or let's just say it's, it's an actual lady and her children, is his joy for having discovered that some of the children are doing what's right. Now, that's exactly what it says. So look look back at the verse where it says, I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children. So the point there is, I rejoice greatly that I found some of. That's what the Bible's teaching. I found of thy children. In other words, not all of the children are obeying. John said, I can't make this statement about every single one of your children. That's another reason why I believe that the the reference here is to a local church. So so John would be saying in that vernacular, hey, um, well, I'm so glad that I see really, I've noticed some some of the church members that are just really living for God and, and doing what's right. And it brings me such great joy to see their faithfulness in Christ. I can't say it about everybody, but boy, I say it about a lot. Have you ever been to a church that's just kind of on fire for the Lord? Uh, I would hope that would be your church. I would hope that would be my church. A church that has good biblical priorities and the people love God and love each other and good things are happening and there's great uh, priority. And you could go to that church and say, boy, it was such a joy 
to be there, to be around those people, and they just have a heart for God. Now, are you saying in that statement that every single person in that church has a heart for God? No, I don't think you're saying that, and I don't think you would say that, because you know that people are people, and you know that some people probably are not where they need to be. But as a general rule, what you're saying is, wow, what a joy to see that institution, those people, that body of believers, and the way that they're serving God. That's what John is saying here. I rejoice greatly, verse 4, that I found of thy children walking in truth. So what's our, what are our two theme words in this book? Okay, I'll give you a second. Truth, right? And love. So what is, what is causing John great joy? He's, what's causing John great joy is that he's seeing evidence of truth in the lives of some of these church members. He's seeing that. So there, there's really a couple implications there, aren't there? Number one, he rejoices that he, that, he, that he finds. So this is something that he has to discover. He can't just take people's word for it. He, he doesn't just know this by osmosis. No, he is seeing the evidence of they're walking in truth. You know that your obedience to God's word ought to be evident. It ought to show up. So when, when a person really subscribes to truth, when a person really, here's the operative word, when a person really believes the truth, then that belief or that faith is always going to show up in action. Because faith without works, James taught us, is dead. So how do we see faith? Well, you can't ever really see faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You see what faith produces. You see the works that faith produce. Uh, can you see love? I, guess, I suppose not. You can't see love as an ideal, but you can see the evidences of love. So for instance, if you want to see love in the Bible, look for sacrifice or for God so loved that he gave. Husbands, love your wives as Christ also loved the church and gave. Walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us. Ephesians 5 and verse 2. And throughout the Bible, you can't see love, but you can see the evidences of love. It's kind of like wind. You, you can't see wind, but you can see the, 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 the trees swaying. You can see the evidences of wind. And th that's the way it is with love, that with faith. So the, the Bible says that Paul says, I, I, I've seen your, your children walking. I found your children, some of them, walking in truth. What, what's that mean? That means that, that John is seeing the evidence of truth, people that truly believe the truth that's in them, and it's showing up in what they do, where they go, what they say, the priorities they have, the schedule they keep. In all of these demonstrative ways, it's showing up. I think that's what Jesus uh, meant there in Matthew chapter 5 when he said that, that your good, they will see your good works. They'll see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Uh, Peter talked about that in 1 Peter chapter 2. Uh, that, so, that concept of the Gentiles might see your good works. By seeing your works, they're seeing your faith. By seeing your works, they're seeing the truth that is undergirding, that's operative in your life. So what does John say? John says, hey, I found some of your children. I've seen them down at Walmart, 
down uh, at the workplace, uh, in just their everyday lives, I've observed them walking in truth. And there's our second point. The point is not only that John rejoices in what he's observing, but what he's observing is something that's habitual. It's not just a one-time episode. It's not just, hey, I want, I want to tell you something. I saw one of your church members one time do one thing right. That's not what John is saying. What John is saying is, boy, I have seen evidence of Christianity emerging, this truth emerging in people's lives because they're walking in it. They're walking in truth. So to walk in truth means that this is the habit of my life. This is the way I go. This is what I do. It's not that I'm perfect. John taught us in 1 John 1 that, that we're not sinless. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. But that doesn't mean that we can't be people that are truth walkers and truth dwellers. That's the language of 2 John, that the truth dwells in us. It's not just a visitor to our experience that we are walking in truth. It's not just a, a one-time episode. It's not like I'm going to Disney World once a year and that's my, no, no, I'm living in this. This is who I am. So John said, that's my joy. My joy is when I see authentic Christianity showing up in people's lives in a habitual way. Yeah, every parent understands what I'm talking about. It, it's more than your children one time doing one thing right. It's more than your children, you know, that one time, you know, they carried their plate from the dinner table and they rinsed it off and they put it in the dishwasher and they went back to their table and they, they kind of tied up, tidied up their area. And you're like, wow, I rejoice greatly. No, I mean, you might be glad that they did it one time, but the joy comes when that becomes their habit. The joy becomes when you see godly habits formed and forged in their life. And that's what John's talking about here in verse four, when he says, I rejoice greatly that I found of, so I found some of thy children walking in truth. But then watch what he says at the end of verse four, as we have received a commandment from the Father. So the joy is, yes, I'm joyful that they're walking in truth, but the real joy is the fact that they're obeying God. The truth that they're, practicing the truth in which they're walking is a matter of their understanding that God has expectations for our life. And in the expectations that God has for our lives, they're fearing God, they're taking God seriously, they're believing that he's real, they're seeing the truth as a communication from him, and they're obeying him. Boy, there's a lot there, isn't there? So when we obey the truth, it's more than just a code of conduct. When we look at the Bible, this is more than just a, a rule book. No, when we look at the truth, what we're seeing is really the personification of the Lord himself. We're seeing what God expects of his children. And what God expects, God equips us to do. God never calls you to do something that you cannot do by the power that he has given you to, to do it. So as believers, we have been indwelt by God's Holy Spirit. As believers, He is reminding us. He is convicting us. He is equipping us. We dare not quench His Spirit. We dare not grieve His Spirit or resist Him, but say yes to Him and allow, honestly, the power of God in our lives to do for us what we could not ever have done ourselves. 
So Paul says what our Paul, John, what John says, what I see here is authentic Christianity, a Christianity that sees the truth, that, that, that recognizes the truth of God's word for what it is, the communication of God himself to man, the willingness to do it God's way, to behave like the Lord Jesus Christ, to view him as our resource and our example. Boy, there's a lot there, isn't there? Just in verse number four. Look at verse number five. And now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment, that as ye have heard from the beginning, ye should walk in it. So to extend what John is saying here, he says, so, so listen, let me come back to it, even though you know it. Let me come back to it, even though you've heard me say this a thousand times. Because Christian ministers are not afraid to be repetitious. Let me say that again. See what I did there? Christian ministers are not afraid to be repetitious. Uh, Peter spent a whole letter, 2 Peter, uh, just being repetitious. Uh, largely, 2 Timothy chapters 1 and 2 is repetition in the life of the Apostle Paul to Timothy. So what is John saying here? John is saying here, listen, I've taught you that truth and love go together. I've taught you that you cannot love effectively unless you are indwelled by the truth. I've taught you that if you're going to love people, you're gonna to have to do it in concert with what God has told you. So let me go right back to what I said from the very beginning. I'm not gonna give you some new truth. This is not novel. This is not you know some new graduate level information. I'm gonna come right back to the beginning and say, that the, the best indication of Bible Christianity is you loving other people. And if you have found in your Christian experience that walking in truth means that you are not loving people, then you're really not walking in truth. That you're walking in truth and that, boy, I know more and I know all my isms and I know my, all my ologies and I'm so smart now and I've memorized so many Bible verses and, and, and I know what's right and wrong and, and it's, it just made me a high-level Pharisee. What John is saying is then you've missed it. Then you've missed it. Because truth ought to incentivize us and equip us to love people more effectively. So let me just say what I've always said said the Apostle John, and that is, we love people best when we learn the truth. That's what equips us. And we learn the truth most effectively when we view it as the means by which we are to treat other people. Okay, Jesus said this very thing. Somebody came to Jesus one day and said, hey, yeah, what, what's the greatest commandment in all the law? And Jesus said, well, number one, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. So we might say, wow, that, that's it. They asked, what's the greatest truth, right? Commandment, when it comes to the truth of God's word, what's number one? Love God. But then Jesus answered the question beyond what the inquirer asked. And you'll find it in Matthew 22. He said, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments, hang all the law and the prophets. What is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying, if you could truly love God and people in the most pure 
and unadulterated way, that would effectively be keeping the Bible. That would be effectively be keeping the, the law of God. Why? Because the truth and love are like hand and glove. And when we learn what who God is through his word and then treat other people accordingly, boy, that's the best way by which to love them. And the best way to be incentivized to love is to learn the word of God. And but when we love other people, that ought to incentivize us to go back to the word of God and say, God, how can I know you better, your character, your word? Because when I know you and I love you, it's gonna spill out into the way that I love you by loving other people. We're gonna come back to that concept uh, in the uh, episodes to follow, so I hope you'll stay with us. Hey, thanks for being patient. Uh, Thanks for being so faithful. Uh, We'll see you next episode. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If Everyday Truth matters to you, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.